Welcome to the Game Changers podcast. We are your hosts, Associate Professor of Education and Enterprise, Philip Cummins. And prominent educational thought leader, Adriana Duprada. The Game Changers podcast aims to not only put a spotlight on the innovative ideas shaping the landscape of 21st century schooling, but to enter into a deep dialogue with those brave pioneers, the true game changers in education. Those individuals that don't wait for permission, leaders in education who are actually courageous enough to make real change in their learning community, as they foster the growth of each young person in their care to ultimately thrive in a new world environment. These are their stories. It's all well and good being theoretical about education. It's all well and good having a high level concept or an abstract. The real trick of the game changer is to put it into practice. Game Changers Series 5 focused on this notion. We have the opportunity now to sit back and review and reflect on everything that we've learned over Series 5. I'm excited. I can't wait. Let's go. Bill, it is so wonderful to be with you again. I hope the, the fair city of Sydney is treating you well on this Friday evening. Yeah, look, it'd be lovely, Adriano, if only the Waratahs could learn how to win a game. Uh-huh. But at least I share something with you in common. Which is? In the knowledge, well, it's in the knowledge that no matter what, neither of our football teams are going to win the flag this season. Oh, we're definitely not going to win the flag. But, of course, you know, the mighty Chelsea have made the semi-final of the biggest club competition of the world, Champions League, which you, of course, know nothing about. <laughs> Yeah, what's that? Yes, of course, of course. But Phil, let's get into this epilogue episode for Series 5. You know, so much of Series 5, we turned our attention to, to, as you said a moment ago, learning in practice. And we attempted to unpack the provocation. How do we assess character, competency and wellness? We did that with a new batch of extraordinary educators and disruptive entrepreneurs, each of whom have a different and compelling take on our six graduate outcomes at a school for tomorrow. Good people future builders, continuous learners and unlearners, solution architects, responsible citizens, and team creators. And with each Series 5 guest, we explored the value of doing schooling differently in the pursuit of the whole of learning that will create the conditions by which these six graduate outcomes might be attained. 11 remarkable educators and disruptive entrepreneurs once again challenged our binary thinking. They inspired us to approach the notion of schooling differently as people with a commitment to being anti-binary. Each one of our game changers has such a deep understanding of necessary ways for each of us to better understand how the young people in our care might put their learning into practice and how we might assess their growth in the character, competency and wellness that they need to flourish in their tomorrow, Adriano. An education for character, competency and wellness. A whole education. It's about the articulation and application of a school's whole program of education to equip, to empower, and to enable students to thrive. Our Series 5 Game Changers, they help us to wake up brave and unafraid for the challenge ahead. They support us to develop that deep understanding that it's time to choose to allow our students to go on a journey of discovery that will give them this character, this competency, and this wellness that they'll need to be a generation of happier, healthier, and more confident young people who can truly thrive in the new tomorrow of their world. I love that, Phil. I love that because it's 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 about them. It's their focus and, and their future. So let's start with exploring and reflecting upon episode one, where we started series five with leading American educator and educational leader, Eric Schinninger. 
You know, for me, Phil, there's a quote that Eric has featured on his website. And the quote is this, when we experience the sensation of awe, we are consumed by wonder, relevancy, emotion, engagement, inspiration, and real world connections. And for mine, this quote best encapsulates the essence and the significance of fostering the kind of inherent curiosity of all learners. And as a result, Eric reminded us that schools need to develop personalized learning opportunities for all learners, which will ultimately enable each student to access a curriculum designed at a pace that best suits their abilities and engages them with diversity, with knowledge, with skills, with agency and transfer and wisdom that are all most beneficial to them at their particular stage of their own learning journey. And, you know, the other thing that I loved about what he shared with us is something that, that you speak so eloquently about all the time, and that is the relationship and the significance of character apprenticeship that is being formed to build their character, their competency, their wellness in schools that are deeply committed to the kind of whole of learning and supporting each person to flourish in not just school, but life and their future. Yeah, he knows a fair bit about education, doesn't he, Adriano? Yeah, absolutely he does. He's, uh, he's, he's, he was a real gift to us. Yeah, and what I really love is the way that he's able to put together a picture of how a whole education works. He's able to synthesise the theory into the moving parts of how a learning community really needs to function and distill from that the things that are really, really important. So as a model of a thinker who can help us to understand the notion of what a whole education is, it's hard to go past Eric. And he's such an enthusiast yeah. about learners and about kids and about, you know, you, you can tell despite such a long and storied career, he still really loves the idea that that which we do might inspire, it might challenge, and it might support learners to hold to their educational purpose and keep in their groove along the way. Yeah, a, a really, really great way for us to begin the series. When we think about Mark Brackett, mm -hmm. what he gave us was the ability to hone in on the well-being of the individual, which is, of course, what you always talk about, Adriana, which is that it all begins with wellness. It all begins with the well-being of the individual and that if we expect people to learn, so that is if we expect them to belong, if we expect them to achieve their potential, and if we expect them to do good and right in the world, those, those civic and performance and moral character dimensions of learning, then they need to be in a space where all the parts of their wellness are working in sync and which are helping them to chart their course in the world. You know, Mark highlighted to us all that the new knowledge base is basically emotional competency and, and the significance of this idea of tuning in, you know, this, this permission to feel is the name of his book in order to kind of effectively move forward and up. And I love that phrase that you, you use. And that, that students are more motivated to achieve when they have formed the belief, the belief that their teachers deeply cares about them as a person and their learning growth. That building this kind of level of trust involves the sharing of who you are and learning whom your students are. He provided us with deep insight into the essential social and emotional tools to begin to achieve this by building an inclusive community in our classroom, in our entire learning community, where the dignity of each person is valued and accepted, as you just said, that sense of belonging. And that a quality teacher-student relationship provides students with a sense of stability, 
psychological safety, and the kind of necessary skills that sets them from stages and stages across their academic risk-taking, and it leads to these beautiful, rich learning outcomes towards their own personal growth and achievement. Yeah, it's absolutely critical too that we take away from Mark that correlation again of that thing that you're always talking to us about, which is the notion that every one of our learners is home to a life and therefore that every one of them has a story. And we can be in a moment, you know, you know, you know I want you to imagine it's Thursday afternoon, it's two o'clock, it's 30-something degrees outside, it's windy, and you're looking at a sea of faces in front of you and it's easy to see it as one mass rather than understanding that each one of those children has their own story and that we can't make the assumption that all those stories are coming from the same place because some of them are coming from a pretty dark place and helping them through the community of school, helping them through our willingness to develop competency in our own capacity to think about our own emotions and how we might use them and to think about other people's emotions and how we might respond best to them. You know, there's something really, really powerful in that. That leads us beautifully to episode number three with Lauren Sayer. You know, Lauren reminded us of the profoundness of any time, anywhere learning and leveraging the kind of tech tools through sound pedagogy, inquiry and practice. You know, this, this conversation we had with Lauren, you know, a, a favourite here at, for us at Game Changers, reminded us all that access to digital resources and social media means that learning is no longer confined to the bricks and mortar of the space of a conventional classroom. Where, where the types of learning experiences that take place are primarily at the discretion of the teacher currently. But that learning can now be more transparent, more open and more student actualized. And that schools need to be open to including the student in designing the learning around their personal needs that ensures a curriculum that is relevant and gives each learner the potential for their own success. You know, we often say we teach who we are. And if Eric is coming from that position of holistic synthesis and the presentation of the whole of learning, and then Mark is coming from that very deep and compelling uh, focus on the emotional self and how we might attend to that, then Lauren is all about energy that's just bursting forward. Lauren herself, her understanding of learning is not going to be contained by some outdated box. And mm. therefore, her understanding of the way learning might work as a whole within a school community and within a particular learning space uh, in that same way is always going to push it at the edges. I, I love when we talk with Lauren and we learn from Lauren, the way in which she doesn't pretend that she's got fully formed and perfect views on what is, what has been, what might be, how you might get there. Instead, she's a great example of that disposition towards research, which is deeply based in curiosity, in experimentation, in iteration, and in the humility that says you can try stuff and fail, mm -hmm. but in that temporary failure will come long-term success. Yeah. Yeah, it's quite remarkable, quite remarkable. Talking about remarkable, we encountered this dynamic life force in episode four. Ulofemi, he was just a young man who's navigating his way through, you know, the streets of Nigeria and trying to figure out life. And at some point, this young man clearly came to the realisation that so much of his own why at a very tender age is about the other is about community. And this conversation for me was a profound example of why we should be including young people at the coalface of our decision-making. 
their voice, their agency, their advocacy to transform not only ourselves, our place, but of course the other. You know, he schooled us. He schooled us all on the importance of experiential learning and why being deeply conscious of the needs of all the people leads to better individual and collective social outcomes complemented by a thriving community. You know, he's a powerful example of, of character learning in practice where we find in him as being a young teen entrepreneur. You know, he, he was a real life example of a School for Tomorrow's model of character apprenticeship, where we must be deliberate around a pedagogical shift in the power of the dynamic of the, of the learning relationship as the expert hands over the opportunity to teach others to those who were once the novices and are now experts in their own right. He's the, the typical example of an empowering generation that understands that with the necessary knowledge, skills and dispositions, they can move from surviving to thriving and become authors of their own journey. If ever there was an example of a purpose-driven life at a young age, it's Nefemi, isn't it? Absolutely. You know, he's, um, he's, he is um, fun to be around. He's fun to have a conversation with. He's always out there and exploring. Do you know, I was having a conversation with somebody last night, Adriano, and sort of thinking about what we might say today. It's one of the most counterintuitive things of our world. You might think if you put everything together on the surface level, that the way to thrive in the world best is to serve your own interests. Mm. And yet Nefemi's got it sorted out already that actually the way that you function best in the world is by helping other people to function better in the world. And then, and only then can you create the bonds of trust, of interdependence, of loyalty, of service that creates true vocation for all. That's how a community works. A community works because we complement each other rather than because we dominate each other. A community works because we commit ourselves to the welfare and to the becoming of others. And we see the potential in others to become better versions of themselves. And we think to ourselves, how might we do that? What role could I play in helping somebody else achieve their potential and do good and right in the world and feel that sense of belonging and know that that will be paid back to us in kind, that reciprocity around that? You know, his conviction in these sorts of things is powerful. It's humbling. It's inspirational. Absolutely love it. And uh, another really good segue, by by the way, there, my friend, thank you very much. You know, episode five, Professor Becky Parker, talking about inspirational. I mean, if there was ever an ad for effervescence, there'd there'd be Professor Becky, you know, standing there because the energy is just absolutely electric. And she reminded us all of the importance of bringing our whole hearts to every encounter with the young people in our care. And I love this, this quote that she, she stated during our conversation. I'm walking side by side with my students and I'm joining them on this amazing journey of discovery. I mean, does it have to be any better than that? What a beautiful way to encapsulate who she is. And you know, by extension, Becky's effervescence highlighted that positivity is contagious and that we as educators need to be conscious of what we give life to via our energy and our passion. And that above all, Becky for mine reminded me of the importance of simple beauty as in beautiful moments where we forget what we've been doing because of the flow of that moment is so human, powerful and deeply moving that we just feel like we're almost flying. And that means that everyone 
teachers, students, parents, communities, all witnessing this beauty and in, in this kind of collective awe of that kind of, you know, positively contagious energy. And that beauty we know is a bit of an icon, but, but a form that's naturally compelling and, and instinctively pure, understanding that any of these great ideas that helps us handcraft the hearts and minds of children is always beautiful. Yeah, I don't reckon she walks alongside people very much. I reckon she skips. I reckon she gallops. I reckon she runs in circles. Absolutely. I reckon she 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 does power sprinting. I think sometimes we we can get carried away with the wonderfulness of stuff that appeals to us, mm-hmm. and we think it's about the stuff. And so often, it's not the stuff. It's it's actually the wonderfulness. As, you know, as my as my friend and former colleague Bruce Hodges used to say, if you're going to do a sausage sizzle, you've got to remember there's the sausage and then there's the sizzle. And the, <laughs> yeah, and that. Becky Becky teaches us about the importance of that sizzle of enticing people into learning through mindset, through commitment, through sheer exuberance, through the joie de vivre that says. This is a thing that is inherently worth doing because it's about exploration. It's about discovery. It's about encounter. It's about finding something out that you just didn't know before and then seeing what all the little tendrils of opportunity might be that open up from there. Does it with and such it, such and um, does it with such substance around evidence and deep research? And he's such a strong advocate for for research-driven opportunities and young people. So, so you get that sizzle with really good inquiry, you know, as, as a science teacher would. Sizzle plus sausage. All we need is the <laughs> bread and the tomato sauce. And it better be Heinz tomato sauce as well too, Adriano. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I much prefer Heinz and, and Big Red over Master Foods. Talking about masters, let's move to episode six, where we encountered... And I've got to say, this is one of my favourite all-time episodes, only because I encountered such kind and generous humans in Rosie and Lucy Thomas. You know, our conversation at Rosie and Lucy, for me, was an awakening around the intersection of people, purpose, place, with ultimately our practice. They unpacked the complexity of the lived experience of a student in a school environment. They gave us those important seeds for the permission that fosters student agency voice and the development of character in young people. The other thing that we did with with Rosie and Lucy is that we explored the encouragement of not just standing up in schools, but the restlessness of fitting in and the unlearning of our own prejudice. With real belonging is really about bringing all of yourself to the space and people will ultimately accept you for who you are. And finally, I've got to say, you know, I felt that both of these amazing individuals taught us the important lessons around the profoundness of gratitude and the profoundness of kindness. We use phrases like global citizenship really blithely now. It's it's one of those things. It's, it's sort of like the phrase 21st century education, isn't it? It sounds sort of good on the surface. And then you sit there and you say, what are the components underneath it? What is the true character of a global citizen. We can think it's about the adventure. We can think it's about the exploration. We can think it's about connectivity all over the world and the technology and this and that and the other. If we don't connect it to the heart, then in the words of Corinthians, it's just a tinking bell, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. You know, and, and, and I think Rosie and Lucy demonstrate to us the necessity that if we are going to make something happen, 
and we are going to project it into our lives, there needs to be a moral core to mm -hmm. everything that we do that recognises the brokenness of humanity mm -hmm. and doesn't pretend at a perfection and therefore speaks to the humanity of our situation with all of its attendant worries and anxieties, but also joys and triumphs. I love the opportunity to, to get to know Rosie and Lucy and to see what they're doing with Project Rocket and also to learn about their enterprise as well too. I mean, yeah. you know, these are, these are two talented and capable business leaders who've been at this for a while now their world comes with accomplishment you know obviously they've been recognized by the australian community for this service yeah. um, through the order of australian medal let's turn out our focus and gaze now to the godfather of pbl mate the big american tom markin you know having had the great fortune of, of working with tom previously I, I was really excited to reconnect with him in, in episode seven and this episode didn't disappoint for me, Phil. You know, Tom operates from this deep uh, internal compass of vocation to transform thinking and learning in schools. It was wonderful to explore what real project-based learning and the key driving question needs to look like and feel like for it to be this effective transfer. And that self-determination, passion-based learning and personalised learning is just the door to student choice and voice. The beginning of the conversation, so to speak, to truly helping students become self-managing, entrepreneurial, and a kind of real co-learner in, in the partnership with teachers, peers, and others, moving to the person becoming the curriculum. That is where true transformation will occur, and that is what Tom taught us during that episode. Yeah, I think one of the things that we've learned about the role of the educator as a facilitator is that if you're all fluff, and you're all style, and you're all smooth, and you're all easing things through into a process which lacks rigor, and which lacks expertise, and which lacks a deep understanding of context, then you're not gonna get anywhere. Tom Markham has a really profound sense of his own purpose, mm -hmm. um, and he's able to back it up with like, really serious chops in terms mm -hmm. of how learning works and the specific interventions that teachers can use to facilitate the growth of that learning. It's a real pleasure to spend time with somebody like that because you can always find something that you can improve in your own practice when you listen to someone like Tom. Yeah, and, and you know, the other thing that he highlighted to us, of course, was that the, the fundamental key to this, to a movement towards project-based learning is the deep interrogation of the question and the driving question. You know, and, and is that driving question going to actually add to social change and transformation of community and, and not just self? And, and, I, and I love that because uh, it, it, it added exactly what you just said, the necessary rigour to ensure that, that students are really stretched and challenged in that space intellectually, um, uh, you know, their cognition and metacognition. Let's turn our gaze to episode eight, something we just recently recorded with Holly Ransom. You know, Holly is a champion of diversity and inclusion. And this episode allowed us to better understand those crucible moments in our lives that shape who we ultimately become. And that through adversity and challenge in those moments of struggle, we discover so much about our capacity and what we truly need to be personally sustainable and thriving through our emotional regulation. 
you know, Holly gave us a deep insight into her own challenge and struggle. And, you know, we're indebted to that, that honesty uh, that, that she shared with all of us. And she also gave us a deep insight then into the key learnings from the leaders she has encountered throughout her life that feature in her new book, The Leading Edge. And the focus that she shared with us was around the mindsets in leading self and others and why diversity leads to better solutions and outcomes, this kind of next level potential. You know, Phil, to be honest, when I grow up, I just want to be Holly. Ah, uh, yes, yes. <laughs> I think it's easy to be quite intimidated uh, on the surface by somebody as accomplished and as polished and as professional, as seemingly all together as Holly, and then she'll open her mouth and tell you a story about what's really going on in her life. Mm. And you'll understand that the professionalism of her presentation is for the benefit of those out there, but she's struggling with just as many of the same sorts of things that many of us are struggling with. She's shades of light and dark and the wrestling that lies in between. And, and so much of you know what we've learned about character and character is the reason why we do school competency is how we express it and yeah. wellness is the platform which it sits on but so much of what we've learned about character is that it's just never fully formed there's always that wrestling between the dark and the light inside you and then the expectations of those external to your own being and then the wrestling with how you do all of that and you can think you're there you're never there but it's actually in the wrestling that the character is found. You know, some, you know it's, there, there's a particular character to be found in moments of joy and in moments of success. But there's a reason why all of us inherently know that it's through adversity we, we get to the place we need to. Holly teaches us a lot about that. Adriana, one of the things I really love about her as well too, my goodness, does she have high standards. Like, yeah. I, 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 like some, somebody who is not afraid to expect a lot from herself and yet at the same time too she expects a lot of the world and she expects a lot of us and believes in it she's a she's a great example of what you're always talking about which is about high expectations and high support then now let's move to the special series phil with uh, michael a pope and makuta makaba now um for our listeners out there Phil and I have both listened to uh, Makudu's special series, but we've had some technical difficulties, so we'll have it released um, at some point next week. Ha having said that, I'll share, I'll share my learnings and key learnings both from Michael and Makudu. You know, John Dewey once said this, education is not preparation for life. Education is life itself. In Michael and Makudu, you will find two powerful examples of education is life itself. Two remarkable, globally recognised educators, both deeply passionate about young people who continue to find opportunities to help others, particularly their students, to understand the place within and understand the outside of each individual to ultimately shine in this new world environment. Yeah, I, you keep giving me this absolute privilege, Adriana. You keep giving me these, the space and the time to dig deep with two people in each of the series. I'm, I'm really, really grateful for that. It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a wonderful opportunity. I don't know them before we begin talking. So what we do and why we do it is, is it's a conversation where we get to know each other and we get to learn from each other through talking about what it is that we love doing in education to help other people. Makuta's story, I'm going to start with Makuta. Her story is, is really quite remarkable. You know, I, you know, I, I talked with Holly about, about that, 
character through adversity. There's a fabulous example of somebody who has spent um, a lifetime working through the adversity of her situation and educating herself and putting herself in a position where, you know, she's overcoming the social stigmas attached with being a, a teenage mum. And she just keeps moving forward. She keeps running forward to the prize. And what does she do with it? She goes to her village and she gels a whole community around her. Listeners, you're going to love her story when we can get it to you. As some of you will have guessed now, we record on Zoom and every now and then a recording doesn't quite happen the way that we want it to. It happened with one of our other game changes back in series two. So, you know, it's happened this time. Uh, we'll have that to you shortly. I know you're going to love it. Michael A. Pope, what, uh, uh, what an energetic, bold, encouraging practitioner he is. Yeah, you, I know you want to be Holly when you grow up. I want to be Michael <laughs> when I grow up because, man, can he teach. Sometimes as educators, it's just a real pleasure to sit back and listen to somebody tease apart the pieces of their pedagogy. And these are not just technical things, although for pedagogical nerds like me, I love looking at the technical stuff as well too. There's a whole bunch of stuff around how he connects his understanding of people and place to his practice and then allows his purpose to drive all the way through that. He's an outstanding role model of the vocation that we take on when we go into this profession and just a top bloke, yeah, actually. Yeah. And, 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 and someone, again, like Makuta, both of them, they just want to keep learning. You know, they don't want to stand still around things. They want to keep evolving yeah. themselves, keep evolving their practices because, again, we teach who we are. I want to finish with this little passage, uh, Phil, before I hand it over to you to, to wrap up this epilogue conversation. For mine, you know, the clear feature of all the conversations we shared throughout Series 5 has been the advice for school leaders to develop an ongoing reflective practice of a deep tuning into self. Our commitment to our own why, you often refer to that as a life of purpose. And then the value of school leaders to find a compassionate voice, one that is deeply conscious of all the people in their learning community. That true vulnerability is a waking up each day and choosing courage over comfort with school leaders understanding that they have a responsibility to shepherd all in the learning community to the next, the new or the better normal. This is about school leaders that have a capacity of tuning in and outward and being brave enough to anticipate evolution and opportunity born from moments of real struggle and challenge. That courageous leadership is about overcoming all obstacles when the majority of society are frozen in an old reality. And that truly courageous, courageous leaders are not afraid to become and reveal who they are for self, and the places and the people they serve. Uh, it's beautifully put, Adriana. What, I, what I'd like to do is I'd like to take us back to the whole theme for the series, which is about learning in practice and assessing for character, competency and wellness. The temptation, if we're living in the past, would be to assume that the assessment exists for its own right, that somehow there's a certificate or a prize or a sticker or a stamp that says done good, played strong. Yet with all of the game changes that we learn from in this series five, what we realize is that the true purpose, the true moral purpose 
of assessment is to feed back into the system of a person, to feed back into the narrative of their lives so that they might look at that light and that dark, mm. that brokenness and that success, that joy and that challenge that they encounter all the time as natural and normal parts of their lives and then say, what next? How might I grow? Where might I go? What might this look like? And what do I need along the way? We suffer in education because we objectify assessment. We, we worry about it. We demonstrate all the time this unnatural and unhealthy obsession with the thing at the end without understanding it's never about the thing, it's always about the wrestling. And that what we're really trying to do is equip people with the tools that they need to reflect on self and move themselves forward in life in the way they best can. In other words, it's about the being and the becoming. And that's why for all game changers and for all leaders in education, that deep reflection on self is so important. If we're not assessing our own character, competency and wellness, how can we truly teach those around us to do the same and understand that the true purpose of this assessment is about the wrestling and the becoming? It's been an absolute privilege, mate, in this series yet again. And, you know, for our listeners out there, you will know already about the, um, the smooth stylings of uh, Oliver Cummins, our producer, and the fabulous work that he does around helping, well, certainly making me seem slightly less of an idiot than I normally am, um, and, uh, and emphasising all of your great strengths, Adriano. There's also, of course, Kyle and, yeah. uh, and, and Matthew who work behind the scenes to help make sure that the administration, everything that we do works so well. But, mate, I want to finish this by talking about the role that you play in curating all of this, you, you, you paint like, uh, like, like uh, you paint a masterpiece in your mind, you know, uh, of, of what it is that you want uh, our listeners to be able to see and to experience. And then you go out finding really, really interesting people around the world. When we sat down to say, who do we want to talk to? We said, we don't want to talk to the talking heads. What we want to talk to is people who are actually changing the game out there in education, in all parts of education, in the community, in the classroom, as leaders, as students. What we want to do is we want to learn about learning from the people who are doing the learning and influencing the learning of others. Mm -hmm. And, mate, you're the one who's painted that picture for us so beautifully in this series Thank you. Uh, it's very kind of you to say that's a, a little too generous. Uh, it's a partnership, as you know, Phil, and, and uh, this works because of our tuning into one another. And that only happens through permission, which you give in spades. And I really appreciate that so much. And finally, it's really important that we thank Eric, Mark, Lauren, Nefemi, Becky, Rosie, Lucy, Tom, Holly, Michael, and Makudu for sharing their story and their passion. This podcast that we do on a regular basis and the privilege to do it, Phil, exists because of these game changers. And I want to thank them for reminding all of us that each person in our learning communities is home to a life. It's as simple and as complex as that, born from the construct of love, of self, for place, and the other. Right. I think it's time for series six. Let's go. 
The Game Changers podcast is produced by Oliver Cummins for Orbital Productions. It's powered by a schoolfortomorrow.com and circle.education. It's available on Apple Podcasts, on SoundCloud, on Spotify, and on Google. If you like what you hear, tell your friends, subscribe, like, you know what to do. Let's go.